Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the base keeps running, running, and running. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 31 of the opening line here on the Believe Podcast Network. We've got you NCAA picks and a lot of talk about Andrew Luck. Plus, a little debate about Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Check out the episode today, folks. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your host, Whitson Raz. Lots of new news coming out of the NFL this weekend. Andrew Luck retiring at the ripe age of 29. We're definitely going to be breaking into that story this episode. But a lot's been changing in the NFL this year. I mean, we have Antonio Browns on the Raiders, Le'Veon Bell with the Jets, Odell Beckham Jr. is now on the Cleveland Browns. But the one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on every game this upcoming season, and that is with MyBookie.com, the place to bet on every football game every weekend. Because MyBookie.com has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book. period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest, First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. And you can bet Wits and I have already entered. And when I'm in a contest, I'm in it for the win. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week. I wonder where you can hear people's opinions on this. Oh, wait, right here on the opening line. Your picks will help you climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Now, go to my bookie and sign up for the Super Contest this season. Also, brought to you by MyBookie, they will double your first deposit up to $1,000 if you use our promo code OPENING, and it will activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com. And don't forget to use the promo code OPENING. It'll show that you're working with us, and they're going to love that because we are a super team, MyBookie and I, and of course with you, Wits. MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid, have some fun. Which how are you feeling about my bookie? I love my bookie, Roz, and that sounded like a lot of nervous talk for a man who went one and one last week. But Wits starts off the college football season two and zero, easy two victories, Miami and Hawaii. If you weren't on him last week, that's too bad because Wits is up two units on the year. Roz, Miami, Florida, that was a ugly ugly game i don't know what you thought about those two teams but florida did not look like a top 10 football team to me same old story the offense was absolutely atrocious felipe franks looked like the same quarterback he's been the past three years but miami so many opportunities to win that game and they just couldn't do it um it was an ugly game ross very ugly you said it. Neither team looks like a top 25 team. I think ultimately, yes, if we were going to put them up against 80 other teams in this massive NCAA landscape, they'll probably get their wins here and there. But when they play top competition, you've seen it. There is no offense on either side of the ball, and we could not have been more wrong. We thought Tate Martell was going to get the start, but it was Jaron Williams who took the lead for the Miami Hurricanes. 
And you're right. They had so many opportunities. And their offensive line, to be fair, Wits, I didn't know this. And we got lucky that we came out with a plus seven because their offensive linemen hosted three freshmen, one true freshman who had never taken a start before, really ever played on that line. They had three consecutive false starts at one point, backing them up to their own one-yard line, which is inexcusable, honestly. And uh, it was tough to watch. It was one of those football games you're excited we're, we're back. Two powerhouse names, Florida, obviously the Tim Tebow days, and then their early 2000s for Miami and the Hurricanes. They were just insane, but it was ugly. I mean, honestly, we could have gone out there and throw some prettier balls than we saw thrown. Dash probably ran the offense a little bit better. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that, that I had hoped for Miami in that last drive was that little yellow flag in the ref's pocket. And I think I think it was like fourth fourth and 25 on a 15 Oh, my God. Yes. Florida commits that pass interference penalty. I mean, that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it wasn't even close to the first down, but, I mean, Miami, it seemed like they, they kept staying alive. Uh, but after coming out first half up 13-7, they just, they just didn't do enough. couple key turnovers, but overall my takeaway from that game, Florida did not look like a top-10 team. But, I mean, this is, this is week one, Roz. A lot of things can change, but, you know, it seems like – the old saying tape for them, the offense doesn't look like it's going to be enough. Um, that defense is pretty good, but, I mean, I can't compare against against the Hurricanes because they just they just were not very good and had a lot of chances to win that game. But it's not being i got to be honest. What I'll give them credit for, since we were kind of – we're bashing. This is a heavy start, heated start, I guess. Their defenses look good, the front line at least. Florida's especially got to the quarterback, knocked him down, knocked him back, took him out of field goal range. I know field goal kicking in college football, I know Miami missed a chip shot in the game, is always sporadic. It's just these kickers, you got one job, come and do it. They never do at the college level. But a great front line, in my opinion, of Florida, that's going to shake and rattle some teams. Do I think this is going to help them move forward? Do they have a shot at the playoffs? No. I mean, most would say anybody in the top 10 should have a shot at it. But again, Felipe Franks, I don't believe, is a quarterback that can lead your team to the NCAA playoffs, and maybe that was just a warm-up, a tuner. But Wits, other than the front line, those offenses offenses don't look like they're going to be able to pull any kind of crazy winning record this year. But do you want to talk quickly about this Hawaii-Arizona game that I could not have been more wrong about? Yeah, I mean, you know, I told you Cole McDonald was going to light up the scoreboard, and we sit there 45-38 in an easy Hawaii victory actually came down to the last play. It was kind of like the end of that Rams Titan Super Bowl tackle at the one yard line. Um, yeah, teams go to Miami first week, big trip, a lot of you stuff Hawaii. to do there. People like going to Miami, but they went to Hawaii. Miami, Hawaii, big trip, a lot of lights. Miami plus love and a half was easy money. So that's that's basically all I have to say. Yeah, I went the wrong way. This was a lot of hope in the Power Five, and I mentioned that last week that I usually don't like to bet against the Power Five. I did, and I lost, so now I'm down 0.1 units. Um, So hopefully we're going to get that changed. We are going to bring you some picks, but Wish, before we get into the picks, let's do a little cleanup, a little talk and talk about the college football experience and the NFL experience. You brought up a question to me that I thought we should address on the show. I think we have a very similar idea. But you asked me about Bill Belichick, and you asked me about Nick Saban. And since both seasons are primed to start soon, you asked me who has – you don't want me to word, use the word legacy, but whose career has been more impressive to date? And if you had to choose one of the two coaches, who was it? 
Xander, I'll let you take the lead since this is your question. I tried to avoid the word legacy since that has just been rattling your birdcage the last three weeks. But Wits, open us up with this. You're, you're always back to the legacy. When I asked you... I, question, I avoided it. You, I, I even, just told I you. Even, I know, but I didn't even say like The question wasn't about legacy. It was just which, you know who's had a more impressive career so far. Which is technically uh, a legacy when you're talking about the definition. But anyways, continue. No, that's not the definition, but, you know... Oh, okay. Mom's English teacher, so my, my mother um, is an English teacher. She'll, she'll let me know. Didn't get, didn't get passed down to you very much, but no. uh, regardless, I was just thinking, uh, I know both of those guys have been at the top top of their game as coaches for so long, but for me, I was always a lot more impressed um, by what Bill Belichick has done just because he's done it at the pro level. I mean, you think about college, and this is taking nothing away from Nick Saban. I just thought it was an inter- interesting argument because you have two guys who have, have done things in both college and pro football, respectively, that are almost unbelievable that they've been at the top for so long. But for me, you know, with Alabama, Nick Saban came in there and created a monster. I mean, let's not take that away from him. They went seven and six his first year. And then over this past decade has transformed Alabama into, I know we talked about it last week, but into the clear-cut best team in college football. Um, I know Clemson's won two out of the last three titles, but what Nick Saban has done has been very impressive. But on the college level, you think about it, you have recruiting. You know, there's really only a handful of teams each year that have a legitimate shot to win the championship, even though there's a, a lot more Division One teams than there are in pro sports. But for me, the thing about Bill Belichick, the past 20 years being at the top of the NFL, I think they've made like eight or nine straight AFC championship games. I think that is maybe the most impressive sporting feat for a coach that we've ever seen. I mean, because you think about pro sports, there there really isn't any recruiting. I mean, you draft guys, you trade guys, you sign free agents. But Bill Belichick, what he's done with the Patriots the past 20 years, I think is a coaching feat that we might never see again. I don't know if we've seen anything like it from one individual coach at that level for as long as he's done it ever. So I I just thought... He almost counter-recruits. This is not a guy that spends the flashy money on a Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, an Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, trade talks were happening, and they had picks to give up. Let me tell you, Bill Belichick, the hoarder of picks, could have maybe made a play for Odell Beckham, given him to Tom Brady, and what an electrifying field that would be on Sundays. But other than Randy Moss, it's really been an interesting pool of players Belichick brings in, almost Greg Popovich-like. Not the expected superstars, but he molds these people into the perfect team that what they have done has won Super Bowls from it. So I we agree on this topic, which is interesting because we have not been agreeing the past couple of weeks. I think Bill Belichick, what he does is more impressive because there isn't the recruiting element. I know there's less teams to compete against than at the college football level, but this is the professional rank. These are the best of the best players, and Belichick gets the best out of every single one of his player that is wearing a New England Patriots uniform. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with you. Mo- most impressive has to be Bill Belichick. Yeah, and I mean, the only reason that Nick Saban is a part of this argument is because what he's done is, it's mind-boggling. But I think it's interesting to compare the two because both coaches are going to go down as, I think, top three, if not the top coach of all time in their sport. So just a little food for thought there. Um, interesting take on both levels, but Roz, we have opening week for college football here, and couldn't be more excited. We've got five games on the slate for everybody, so we're going to keep track of our picks, make sure we don't slip up like we've done in years past. And we've and got somebody to help us this year. 
to help make sure that we do not slip up. We've got VegasSportsAdvisors.com helping us out with our picks. What is this you're asking? Well, this is a bit of a cheat sheet for Xander and I. VegasSportsAdvisors.com. It's where we go when we want winners and need information. VegasSports.com has a dozen of pros posting their picks week in and week out. It's not a betting site. It's just information. I want as much info as possible before I make my bet, and I know you guys do as well. So you guys should go check it out. Use our promo code opening line. It gets you a free week of information. Why wouldn't you want a free week? on VegasSportsAdvisor.com. Again, go there, VegasSportsAdvisors.com. Use the promo code opening line. You get a free week of expert picks and information regarding each game you're looking to gamble on. It takes your picks further and you're gambling way over the edge. We're putting money in your pockets here on the show and they're there to help provide you the essential information you need. Wits, we're going to show them what we did with VegasSportsAdvisor.com. We made our picks this week. I'm going to let you go first. I think we're going to both start at the big game. And uh, I know me and you are not on the same side once again. We are not on the same side here. And I think you look at week one, the opening slate, there's a lot of ugly spreads out there. And I'm talking about in the 25 to 35 plus range. So Some call it ugly. Some call it pretty. Week one. It's one of the sexiest times of the year for those big yeah. spreads. According to some. But I think it's, it's always a little more fun for me to pick these games that are a little tighter. And game number one here, Auburn traveling to up the Ducks at the point of contact. And I think this three and a half points is going to look like mincemeat when Auburn's done taking care of Justin Herbert and the Ducks. Auburn, clear-cut pick in this game. If you're taking anybody else, you're absolutely wrong. feel the same way I did about the Hawaii game. Auburn, lock it up week one. That's my first pick. I'm only going to put one unit on it, keep it consistent across the board, but... Roz, I know you're going to try to sell me on Oregon here, so tell me why the Ducks are going to be anywhere near sniffing victory in this because game. Because it's about the trenches, and that's why SEC schools pick on everybody else. They have the best trenches, and we know who Auburn has. Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, Nick Coe, all up front. Maybe the best defensive line in the country. Maybe not. But like you said, Oregon's returning all five starters on the offensive line. They had combined for 153 starts. They're incredibly sized and versatile. I'm loving everything about the Ducks. Justin Herbert, senior year. We've seen the Pac-12 senior quarterbacks, whether it was Jake Locker, Browning, all these people falter. But he already faltered, Justin Herbert. Had a rough junior year. He's coming here to make a point. Why he should be the number one overall quarterback taken over Tua Tagovailoa. And I'm going Justin Herbert here and the Ducks, plus three and a half at AT AT&T. A place they know, a place they've played in the playoffs before. I'm loving this playoffs atmosphere, playoff atmosphere. The 11 will not be upset by the 16, and the SEC will take its first hit. We've seen this Auburn team lose to teams outside of their conference, UCF being one of them. Just want to put that out there. In a lesser conference than that of the Pac-12. Oregon, easy winners. I don't care how much I was just berated by Mr. Witz on the other end. Give me the Ducks plus 3.5. I'm only going one unit as well. You're going to see... I might get a little spicy on a future pick, but Wits, I'll let you go again. I'm being very generous today, letting you lead our pick discussion. Yeah, I, I just wanted to also toss out there Justin Herbert, 3-7 and seven on the road, two disappointing bowl game performances, so we'll let that sit there. But my second pick of the slate is going to be USC minus 13.5 versus Fresno State. Um, 
Going a little bit opposite on the Pac-12 here. I do like USC. I'm not sold on USC's prospects for the entire season, but I think this is a really strong spot for the Trojans. They're facing a Fresno State team that is replacing nine out of its 11 starters on offense, including including its starting quarterback, three top wideouts, four starting offensive linemen. USC's big problem last year was that they got gashed by some big plays. They were 90th. Um, and the defensive isolation versus big plays over at least 20 yards. But that just isn't going to happen this game. They've got a clear defensive advantage in this one. And I, I think the score of this game is somewhere in that 31-7 to 7 range. Fresno State just does not have the team or the athletes to compete with the Trojans in this game. So I think the 13.5 points is a bargain here. So give me the Trojans minus 13.5. I think they're going to cover this game easy. Let me take you guys to a secret place. This is the well. This is the mythical land where you drink from this elixir and you live forever. And in this case, you'll win every bet in week one for the rest of your life when you listen to the opening line. We're going to go Georgia here. Minus 22 against Vandy, my roommate, a Vanderbilt alumni. He probably will not appreciate this pick, but I do. Because Jake Fromm, going into his senior season, another guy who's looking to show that he deserves to be drafted in the first round, Goes up against Vandy. His first two tries looked pretty shabby. 24-34, 71% for 379 yards and five touchdowns, zero interceptions. I don't think there's going to be much of a pass rush coming from the Commodores. I think the Dogs' D is mighty, and they're going to wreck this Volunteers team, or Vanderbilt, whatever they are. And I believe, although there is idea that need a little bit of a tune-up on the defensive side of the ball, there's no better opponent than their own conference to just wreak havoc on week one. The blood will be pumping. Everyone will be excited. Jake Fromm begins his case for potentially a Heisman Trophy. They take down Vanderbilt 52-7. to Wow, talking about elixirs. You're, you're like the guy from Indiana Jones who drinks out of the gold cup. And goes, I do not die in this story, Wits. I will be here next week. Straight to his deathbed. Meanwhile, you get on Wits' team, you drink from the modest wooden cup, and you end up hitting 60% for the year. So that's why game number three, we're going to take Louisiana Tech at Texas. 20.5-point underdogs here, but here's why I like Louisiana Tech, Roz. Texas is a team I'm going to be looking to fade early and often this season. I think a big bowl game victory over Georgia that caused a lot of hype for this team, but I don't think they were really as good as their 10-4 record would suggest. You look at their entire year, they were actually outgained in terms of yards for play, 5.5 to 5.6. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but when you're looking at an entire slate of games, um, Texas has to replace eight defensive starters as well as, as well as three starting offensive linemen. And the thing about last year is they really didn't blow out any of the inferior competition that they that they faced. They lost their opener to Maryland. They were only able to beat Tulsa by seven points. And then games against Kansas State, Texas Tech, and Kansas were all decided by one score. And those are some brutal teams when you're comparing them to the Longhorns. And my final selling point, Tom Herman has a spectacular record as an underdog, but performing well when he's expected to win, he's 6-15-1 against the spread as a home favorite. So give me Louisiana Tech, give me plus 20 and a half, and give me 3-0 and because those are three absolute rock-solid picks for that slate. So, Roz, I think I'm 3-0 and so far. That puts you at 1-1 one and one with Oregon taking a hit. So who's your next pick? Lay it on me. 
Well, since I drank the elixir and I didn't pass away in the uh, in the movie Indiana Jones, I'm going to keep it going with the big spreads. Minus 33 and a half, I believe that is, and will be the biggest spread I take all year. But it's super simple and super easy. We've all seen it before. Nick Saban has taken beatings. But what happens when the dust settles and the phoenix rises from that ugly, ugly mess? Alabama takes it out on their next opponent. Year in, year out. This defense is about to come out and make a statement. They are not going to let somebody like Trevor Lawrence do that to them ever again, like we saw in last year's national championship. And of course, we have to look on the other side of the ball. The Duke Blue Devils are replacing seven starters on the offensive side that only scored 20 point, 21 points or fewer six times. So yes, they, they have a heavy scoring offense, but again, seven of 11 starters changing. That's going to be hard, especially when your first opponent has to be the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think this is a cakewalk. I think this one's over in the first half. This one, we can see 60 points put up on the board by Alabama. Duke, I'll be modest. I'll give them about 14. We're still sitting pretty in the 33.5 point range. I think this is an easy confidence pick. Here we go, Wits. I'm getting a little silky on this one now that I know that Duke is replacing so many starters. I'm going to put two units on this game just so I can play catch up with you from last week. Wow. Big play. Big play from Roz. Um, my number, my game number four, I'm going with the Holy War here, BYU versus Utah. Uh, I got one thing on my mind this game, just like BYU does, it's revenge. Um, looking at this game last year, BYU blew a 27-7 to lead in the third quarter to their most in-state hated rivals. They fell 35-27, so revenge is absolutely on the Cougars' mind here. Looking at you know, BYU, from an offensive standpoint, Zach Wilson took over the starting job in the middle of his freshman year, showed a lot of promise, completed 66% of his passes, 12 touchdowns versus three interceptions, and now as a sophomore in Jeff Grimes' second year at BYU, I think Wilson is going to take the leap to the next level. Utah is getting back an old offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, who was at the helm from 2005 to 2008, and while Utah's starting quarterback and halfback were out for the game last year. I think there's going to be some adjusting. There's going to be some growing pains. And BYU is hungry. They are out for blood. Give me BYU plus six. They might just win this game straight up, but I will take the points. One unit. That's 4-0 on my tally so far. So I know we've got a surprise for the last game. but Overzealous is a word I'd like to use for you, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to keep it going. Minus 23 and a half. I'm taking Oklahoma to beat Houston. Yes, we all remember Houston, a team I remember very well losing money on in that bowl game against Army where they lost 70 to 14. A team with Ed Oliver, a defense that allows over 276 yards per game. This Houston defense is going to continue to get ripped and get ripped by the new quarterback. The quarterback whispers new project, Jalen Hurts, who's going to come in there and is my pick wits to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Jalen Hurts is going to start it off with a bang against this Houston team. I'm not saying Houston's going to give up 70 points again, but I'm looking more at the range of 48 to 12. I don't know where they're going to get 12 from. Maybe a lot of field goals possessions ending in that because Oklahoma's defense, although it was bad last year, will be a little bit better. And it won't be Alabama level, but it'll be good enough to hold Houston down Give me the Sooners who will rush for over 200 yards or 200 combined yards week one against the Houston Cougars. Wow, big stuff. Big call on the Heisman Trophy there, but I could absolutely see it happening. 
Pick number five, wow. guys. We got a mutual pick here, Wits. I didn't even know. Yeah, that's why I was going to let you lead into it, but I guess we didn't even know. Um, we're going to go with Army minus 21.5 here versus Rice. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on this game, Roz, but the Black Knights coming in off a very impressive 11-2 and record last year, and you talked about it, 70-14 to over Houston in their bowl game. So I think they're coming in hot. Rice was 4-0 and against the spread in their last four road games last year and 5-1 and against the spread in their last six games overall. But I think getting this many points, or looking at it from Army's perspective, giving this many points, this is a far superior team than Rice. And I think the fact that the line is so thick right now just speaks to that gap between Rice and Army. Rice could not stop teams from scoring last season, and now they also couple that with an inexperienced office offense that's going to be tasked to go score for score with this army team that has really gotten the triple option uh and you look at the black knights they hung on the road with oklahoma last year and even at their few close calls they finished at 11 and 2 i just don't see rice having any answers to stop an army in this game. yeah you were scaring the people a little bit early with the game trends but i'm going to help you and show you some very favorable one the black knights are 7-3 and 2 against the spread in their last 12 games overall just that's a pretty good number to go with When they are the favorite, they are 3-0-1 against the spread. In the last four meetings, they've been favored. Owls are 1-3-1 against the spread in their last five meetings with Army. Owls are 1-4 against the spread in their last five games in August. I know, very rare and very kind of sporadic pick right there. Anyways, the Owls are also 1-3-1 against the spread in their last five versus Independence. And obviously, that is Army, Navy, Notre Dame, a couple other teams. But it's looking good trend-wise. I like the Black Knights here. I think they're going to take it. Army, we got to support them some way, which way or another. We are the United States, and I think they're going to come out there, swing their belt around 48-0. I think they're going to shut this team out for a very, very startling first game for the Rice Owls. Yeah, only needed to win by 22 and maybe 23 or 24, depending on which book you're using. But that is a wrap on our first five picks for college football. This is going to be... I think it's going to be an exciting week just because football's back. There's not really as many marquee matchups as you'd hope, but that's just what you get with week one. You get a lot of cupcakes versus a lot of these top teams. Really looking forward to that Auburn game. Also, Northwestern is going to play in a great game. And then I like the BYU-Utah game uh, at a six-point spread. It's one of the better matchups on the board in the top 25. So, Roz, we are back. Football is back. We're back, and we want you guys to be back with us. Remember, we're open to DMs. Use our promo codes and everything. We will bet with you. That's basically what we're doing with these new sponsors we have. Again, MyBookie and VegasAdvisors.com. So, honestly, reach out to us. We're here to put money in everybody's pockets. I mean, I know you want money. I want money. It's all a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, I think there's so many opportunities here. One, we can double your deposit on my bookie and two we can get you the information that we use from vegassportsadvisor.com which we got to talk a little bit before we get off the air about the, the stuff going on in the nfl we alluded to it at the beginning of the show we're only going to talk about andrew luck since we've covered pretty much everything else i'm going to do my usual weekly check-in with you about ezekiel elliott and melvin gordon at the end but let's talk about luck because i started hot i became neutral and cold's not the right word but i've become understanding about the whole situation. I was no Doug Gottlieb. Did you see those tweets? I, I did, and I think he got appropriately chastised. By some a, powerful uh, people. Troy Aikman, a, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think he got essentially what he. But deserved. he doubled down. Did you see that? He completely doubled down on his statements. He doubled down. What was the double down? His double down was being just saying along the lines that he wasn't changing his mind that this was a millennial act, and which we're getting attacked by the way. We totally were in that tweet, the millennial idea that we quit when the going gets tough. Yeah, I mean, I. I disagree with Doug Gottlieb. I think the situation in general, I mean, first of all, it was shocking because I think like most of us, I was watching the Miami, Florida game, having a few too many beers and that popped up. It was across the birthday weekend though, Wits. Happy birthday, big guy. Thank you. Number 25. Uh, I just saw a gray Quarter hair. Of the other century. Not happy about it. Uh, so I saw that pop across the screen and I, I did a double take and then it flashed again. I looked it up and that was it. Andrew Luck uh, announcing his retirement. So it was definitely it was shocking at first. I decided to listen to the whole press conference uh, the day after. I know I think it was like 24, 25 minutes, and there, I, I just don't really have much to say about it. I mean, Andrew Luck always came off to me as a guy who really loved football. Always a little bit of a quirky guy, um, but damn, the guy could play. And when he was on the field and healthy. He did put up some of the best numbers in the league from the quarterback position. So the fact that, you know, he's hanging him up at 29 and what you could say is probably the prime of his career, especially looking at what he did last year. Um, it's very surprising to me. But at the same time, if you listen to his speech at all, you listen to his press conference, um, the mental wear and tear that his career and just the injuries have have caused him. Um, he's willing to step away. At the top of his at the top of his game, really in a sport that I think gets coverage almost like no other sport around. So that that really speaks volumes about where his head's at because there there are not many guys who walk away um, at the top of their careers. I mean, I think about a couple guys, you know, Barry Sanders, Tiki Barber, but you know, there, there's very few guys who walk away at this point in their careers. So Andrew Luck, I think, thought very long and hard about his decision and. I wish him the best because I could see, I could feel a little bit of the pain um, in his eyes. Obviously, I, I didn't know what he was going through, but it, it had to have been a tough last few years. I mean, just hearing him talk, I really felt for him because he just, you know, to give it up, to give it all up right now, it must have been very challenging. But what he went through must have also been more challenging or he wouldn't be giving it up. So Right. And... This is a guy who loved the game. And you're one of those people. You loved playing baseball. You played it out for as long as you can or could. And for me, what my initial angst was, was we're two weeks away from the season. And this decision kind of just came out of the woodworks. But then you really have to think about it. And this guy has been dealing with injury after injury after injury. And not only were they injuries, because people sprain their ankles, people pull their calf muscles, blah, blah, blah. The rehab that he needed for each of these injuries had to take a toll, tasked him, and probably aged him. Honestly, that's what people haven't alluded to. Yes, he's 29, but these injuries definitely have to, at a certain point, age you. It's just like Tommy John in baseball, concussions in football, other knee injuries that will harm you further down the line. And what Aaron Rodgers says, and I, I know people are like, ah, I'm back on the Aaron Rodgers train, but he pulled himself out so that he could have a better quality of life moving forward. And at the end of the day, they're football players, and it's a game. And life is more important beyond the sport. And uh, that's where 
I show my compassion for Andrew Luck. I know I've ripped him on this show a couple of times, but when you finally get to see the way he talked about his exit, it, you see the passion in him and how, how sad it was and how hard it was for him to make this decision, but how much better it will be for his livelihood moving forward. So we do support Andrew Luck here on the show. We're going to continue to support some of the fantasy players that are on the Indianapolis Colts. Jacoby Brissett is going to be Xander's new quarterback of choice. He could be the next Andy Dalton. Um, but that's it's kind of the wrap for Andrew Luck, kind of the wrap for the preseason, except for Wits. Once more, I ask you, when will we see Zeke? When will we see Melvin Gordon? You've changed your answer every week. Let's see what you got for us this week. Oof. I don't even remember what I said before, but I did my first live draft uh, on Sunday. Um, interesting. Zeke got taken right after me at the at the fourth pick. So I don't know. I have a feeling he's going to come back. I'm going to say week two. Um, I think there's going to be a deal that gets done. I don't. I just. I don't see him sitting out. Um, and on the same token, Melvin Gordon fell to round five in our draft. And I was actually thinking about taking him on my next pick in round six, but he got taken at the turn. Um, so Melvin Gordon, it seems like, is farther away from a deal than Zeke is. But I think the upside is definitely a little bit more towards Zeke. But Melvin Gordon, if you remember, I mean, he's one of the more consistent fantasy backs out there. I know he's always he's always got the injury tag on him, but the guy just came out comes out every week and performs. So I don't know if you're doing a draft. I don't know where I would take Melvin Gordon, but I think the fifth or sixth round is is a pretty fair value. Zeke, that's a risk, but he 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 is a round one talent. There was talks about him going number one overall. I think he was easily a top three pick. So. That's where I'm at for now. I think Zeke plays in week two. I will say Melvin Gordon will be back on the field week six. Interesting. See, I'm going to take a different approach here. One, I did take Ezekiel Elliott number one when we first started doing our preview for the fantasy football season. Zeke, there's the timetable. I think Zeke, you're right, he's going to come back first of of both of them. I think he comes back week one. I think he'll be back before Wednesday next week because that's the deadline to play week one. And I'm I'm just going through the method or the through the whatever it is. I'm going through the motions and remembering the Le'Veon Bell steps. Needed to report by Wednesday in order to be able to play in the first game. I think they get a deal done this weekend, which is crucial for us since our fantasy draft is on Monday, Wits and me and Wits go head to head week one. He's got the second pick, I've got the seventh pick. Here's one for you, Wits. Melvin Gordon won't play this year. He's got 10 weeks to decide before it doesn't go on his contract and it's null and void and we go through the whole Le'Veon Bell process again where he will have to be released in order for him to become a free agent. Le'Veon Bell obviously was tagged, which is different. Melvin Gordon still had a whole year on his contract. So Melvin Gordon, less leverage here, needs to come back before week 10. I think the stubbornness is going to hold out. Austin Eckler, I believe, will have a good enough season to not – Put too much pressure on the Chargers. Melvin Gordon does not play a single snap this year. Mark my words. Um, Wits, another day in paradise for me out in L.A. Another uh, another week for you in Chicago in the new office. Any parting words on uh, the first technical big week of the college football season? Yeah, I feel like the show's finally coming alive. I mean, uh, we were talking about NBA prop bets for the longest time. So now I'm finally glad we get to go into some game action um, and then after this week, I mean, 
we might have to do some two-hour shows because there's going to be a lot to talk about, and it's probably going to be almost all football. Uh, one last shout-out, though. Congratulations to Pete Alonzo for breaking the New York Mets single-season home run record as a rookie in the month of August. What a spectacular year that guy's had. So shout-out to the Polar Bear um, for just an amazing season, and we'll see if the Mets maybe sneak in the playoffs. It could happen. That sneak would have to pass the Cubs up. And my final shout-out is, Cubs, let's figure it out. We just won 5-2 in that game. You mentioned that Pete Alonso hit the record home run for the New York Mets. Hopefully our Cubs don't slide. We will bring you Major League Baseball postseason and lines and all that stuff as well. But we are going to be very football-centric the next couple of weeks. Remember, check out mybookie.com using the promo code OPENING. And then also go to vegassportsadvisors.com and use that promo code Opening Line. Get your free products, get your free week, get your bonus and money. We're here to help you. They're here to help us. We're super excited partnering up with both of them, and uh, we're excited. We'll be back next week. We do promise that guests will be on the horizon. Wits and I have been very busy men in the business world, but they will be back, and they will be back in big numbers. We've got some surprise segments coming up that will be very fun for our viewing listeners. But uh, until then, enjoy the day. Football is back. Hoorah, hookasha, keep the line moving. Have a good one, everybody.
listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube